It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Hey, on a Saturday morning, this is Loud and Garden, my friends. 6.08 exactly on this Saturday morning. And today is a very special day in my life, 6.08, because today I get to announce, even though it's a day past, I get to announce that this celebrates the 22nd year of hosting the Lawn and Garden Show on News Talk WSV. 22nd year of getting up in the morning early so I can be with you at 6 a.m. 22nd year of going to bed early on Friday night. 22nd year of going to bed early on Saturday night. 22nd year of explaining to my various wives and girlfriends that uh, I'm sort of tired of <laughs> doing that. Having sacrificed my social life for 22 years, we celebrate today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Today is, a day, is the day, and I'm glad for that. Later on in the show, I will summarize my infamous 20. There's more than 22 years on radio before I was on WSB. I was on another radio station, and I will mention that as well and give you the whole rundown of how I came to be here before this golden microphone speaking to you. Well, the Lawn and Garden Show is designed to help you be more successful in doing whatever you want to do in your landscape, whether it be growing houseplants or keeping houseplants alive or maybe starting a vegetable garden this year for the first time. You need some details of what to do to get started. And there are things you can do here in January. There certainly are. If you've got weeds that you worry about, weeds that are already there, things that have died, trees that need pruning. And even if you're just sort of intimidated maybe is the word maybe maybe i don't know if that's the right word quite but even if you're a little bit cautious and you're thinking call it get on a radio show i'm not i'm not going to do that that's sort of dumb i'm not going to do that even though you have a question even though you have the greatest question of the day something that's been puzzling you for a long long time something you've been worried about for a long long time and you're just thinking, I don't know about calling that guy on the right. You would call your friends. You would call your mother. You would call your uncle. You would call anybody else other than me to ask some garden question, right? Well, let me tell you. Let me introduce to you the lovely, the talented, the beautiful Ashley Frasca, best-looking woman on the Atlanta WSB traffic team. There she is. She will answer the phone. She will say, hello. That's the first word. WSB Lawn and Garden. Hello. And then she'll say, what's your name, where you're calling from, and sort of what do you want to talk about. And she puts it in a line, and here on my screen in my studio, I can see the lineup of, of calls. I choose them, one, two, three, four, usually in just time order, so the first person in, second person in, third person in. And okay, you have to wait for a little bit. Sometimes it makes me five, ten minutes maybe, and you have to listen to the show on your phone. If you listen to it through the radio while you're on hold, boy, you're going to be confused because there is there is a delay between one and the other because we're worried that somebody would say a bad word. Ask me, in 22 years, has anybody ever said a bad word on the Lawn and Garden Show? The answer is no. Have you ever dumped anybody, Ashley? 
Oh, gar- there I am. Gardeners don't typically cuss, but listeners to the Herman Cain show, sometimes that's a different story. So does Herman have to put the dump mutton in place? Does he dump people off the show? Mm, maybe three times a year. Wow. People get fired up, not about gardening, but about politics. That is 66 more times that I have ever had to dump people on the Lawn and Garden Show. So you've never accidentally slipped up and said a bad word? Uh, I might have said a bad word, but it wasn't a bad, bad word. It was just a bad, that's bad okay. word. It might be a word for manure, and somebody, you know, had talked about manure, and I said, <laughs> and so that might have been, I had to dump myself, but that doesn't count. Yeah, you know, that doesn't really count if you have to dump yourself. And gardeners, as they say manure, they say manure. They don't say the other word because they're smarter and more in control of things than, than I am. So I've never had to dump people. So anyway, getting back to the process of calling the Lawn and Garden Show, bottom line, you get to talk to a very nice person whom you just spoke to, and then she puts you on the screen and here, and then I look at the screen and I say, okay, next caller will be blah, 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 and we talk about gardening. And you're worried maybe in the latter part, back of your mind, you're thinking, people will laugh at me. People will think this is a dumb question. People will think, why doesn't he know that? I mean, these are all experienced gardeners listening to the Lawn and Garden Show. Truth of the matter is, a lot of experienced gardeners don't listen to the Lawn and Garden Show because many times the questions that I have are for people getting started, people who want to get started, people who need that basic bit of garden information, and they call the Lawn and Garden Show to get the answer. So the, you know, the experienced gardeners listen, some of them, to, to play along, a couple of them to help me, they play along during the show just to see what I'll say because they already know what I'm going to say. They've heard it before. And so they will raise their hands and, uh, in the car or in the bed or wherever they are listening to the show, and they will, they'll say, uh, oh, I know what he's going to say about that thing. Uh, so you have some experienced gardeners, but they're not typically going to laugh at you either. But if you are a beginner gardener, this show welcomes you to call me and the number, you got to have it, 404 872 0750. Traditionally, our first call of the show goes to our friend Nicole in Griffin, Georgia, who joins us this morning. Nicole, good morning. Mr. Reeve. How long have you and I been talking on the radio, Nicole? At the anniversary first. Yeah, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> About uh, 17 years, I think. It has not been 17 years. I've been in this house for 19 years. Right. And I was just needed some advice big time yeah and i was calling i was with um what's her name uh, she live in montana uh teresa shrum yes yes about a good 15 or 16 years somewhere. i can't believe that that just can't be true well, you've been on the radio for 22? All right, yeah, 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 yeah. And I happen to have, I won't tell you the circumstances around which I remember a date that I can go back and look up what that date was. It was not five years ago. It was not ten years ago. It was further back than that. Lord, Lord, Lord. All right, Nicole, I'll figure it out how long it has been since you and I have been talking to each other every Saturday, an enjoyable conversation. Nicole has her own fan club now, for those of you who have not uh, known that, that people call me and ask, where's Nicole? She wasn't on the radio Saturday. I was at the fireman place the other day, and he said, I listen to you every morning, every Saturday yeah. morning. Good grief. Did they recognize your voice, Nicole? Or did well, you, did yes, you that, that's the main thing, I think, to say. Are you the one on the radio? But anyway, <laughs> I want to talk about. <laughs> I want to talk about Harp Farm. Oh, Harp Farm, sure, Mickey Harp. They're in Inman, Georgia, where I grew up. What about it? Yes, 
Oh, one day, okay, because I had a little bit of time, and I asked to see if I could walk around, you know, and see the greenhouse and see, everything. Yeah. Camellia Evan, big time. Yeah, yeah, big oh. time. And uh, I was in, in between the sprinkler, and I got out of there. I was screaming because <laughs> I got hosed two, three times. Then I went back in the office, and I asked him and her. I didn't know it was him that owned the farm. Yeah. Because I asked him, I said... Bad word, Nicole. Oh, no, sorry. Dump Nicole now. <laughs> I caught it. Oh, okay, good. God, picking order because... Don't you feel like sometimes we overrank ourselves? Yes, I mean, it's sometimes. not respect. And then I knew right away that that did. Because it was him, I realized it was the owner. All right. So for listeners who are wondering who we're talking about, Mickey Hart, my childhood friend, who grew up with me in a little tiny Fayette County community called Inman, uh, grew up and now became a very successful nursery person. And he has these enormous greenhouses and all sorts of growing fields beside the house there on Highway 92. And uh, he is uh, open somewhat to the public or sort of he does more wholesale than retail, wholesale, I think. Wholesale, yeah. yeah, so he doesn't have the, the retail part of it too much anymore. But Nicole took a took a hankering to go see Mickey Harp and got to meet the man right there in the flesh. Yeah, you were talking about your sister and brother, too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's 13 acres of this big farm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's too bad because we can go in and we cannot go and buy, but at least we can go and look, you know, because new camellia, and boy, does he sell. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd tractor trailers come up and down and load up their trucks and go away. The nursery business, I mean, to make it a larger story, Nicole, the nursery business in Georgia is enormous, and folks simply don't realize it because the nurseries are typically packed back away from the main highways. The one uh, uh, McCorkle Nursery over in Deering, Georgia, is down five miles off the highway, and they are huge. Um, let me see. This Dudley Nursery is right across on the other side of the expressway, and they are huge as well. There are two or three up in Athens that are enormous. There's one up in uh, North Georgia that grows pansies by the millions. And uh, folks don't quite realize, I think, how many dollars the nursery business, just the wholesale folks, bring into the Georgia economy. But they are farmers just like every other farmer in the world. They're farming a crop, they're selling a crop, and they're bringing some, some benefit to our lives. Hardworking people. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hardworking people. You wait till a, a snowstorm or something like that is in the forecast. Mickey Harp is, he is working like nine crazy, you know, guys out there trying to get everything covered, everything protected. All of his crop has to be protected from the snow and the ice and everything. It is amazing to see how these folks and their crews do to uh, protect against the vicissitudes of the weather. So he's about the same age as you? He's a couple of years younger because okay. he's the same age as my sister. Okay. okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Amazing. Well, amazing. we got to go. we got to celebrate our anniversaries. I'll say that you started, if you can, unless you can find a date in which you first called, which I hope you can. Maybe you can, Nicole. But if you can find that date, we'll celebrate that as well. But today, 22 years of me being on the Lawn and Garden Show, and I have been main, mostly blessed, mainly blessed, greatly blessed, I guess is the word, by having Nicole with us from Griffith each morning. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks for being with me. Enjoy your day. We'll see you soon. 404-872-0750. The number is 618. We'll be back after this. Oh, 
This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Anniversary. We 22 years hosting the Lawn and Garden Show and a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, a mix of sun and clouds today, 30% chance of rain or snow flurries tonight. High in the mid-50s, low in the mid-30s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes anywhere right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And tomorrow you can pick up your issue of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. They're going to figure out what is Governor Deal going to do with all that money to fix our infrastructure and our roads. And there's $118 worth of coupons, too. Bill is in Williamson, Georgia, and Bill joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bill, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I've been listening to WSB for even more than 22 years. And yeah, me too. The interesting thing is when I first started, I knew nothing about plants. And uh, you have really educated me so that now people come to me for help. Oh, that's friend, good. That's great. That's great. I have a friend that's bought a new house, and the backyard has a half acre with about 20 camellias in it. Yeah. Uh, they're about 12 feet tall. Uh, there's been no care for several years. Uh, there's privet hedge and vines growing through them, so I know we need to pull those up. Yeah. My question is, what should we do? Um, should we trim? Should we fertilize? Are or, they blooming now? What do you want to do? You want to uh, some or? of them are blooming. It's a wide variety okay. of, of types. The so, main thing so, is to get all the competition away, so privet and vines and everything like that. It's just miserable, back-breaking work. You get the privet and the vines out from amongst them. The fertilization on, on camellias, if it hasn't been done, is about once a year, I'm guessing, Bill, we'll, to, we'll put some, um, one of the slow-release organic fertilizers, the EB Stone stuff you get from Pike or uh, Milorganite or Cottonseed Meal or something like that, because all those real slow-release organic fertilizers, you need to dig it into the ground a little bit, so scratch it in with a rake or something before you put mulch on top. But they do great for camellias, and if you need to do a little pruning and nipping and tucking, wait till after they're um, after they finish blooming. But if you do a little bit of care with the pruning and a little bit of fertilizer every year, nothing much more is needed. That is it. Bill, I okay, got to go, but I do appreciate the call. It is okay. 627 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.36 on a Saturday morning, 47.4 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves. I'm the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you be more successful in your landscape. After I get this screen turned down there, that would help a whole lot. Let's go to the phones. We've got questions to answer. Jason is in Locust Grove and joins us this morning. Hey, Jason, good morning. Hey, Walter. How you doing? I'm all right, Jason. What's up? Uh, quick question. Um, looking to, uh, which I've done in the past, I'm looking to plant some seeds for my vegetables. Yep. But I'm not exactly sure which... Uh, time to do that. Uh, of March, into March, first of March. Um, 
end of February. I have been more successful doing it in the middle of March here in Atlanta, and you're in Locust Grove. That's not so far away. For South Georgia, it would be earlier than that. For here, if you really, really were good, I mean, if you had a greenhouse, honestly, you could start at the 1st of March. But if you're starting them indoors in a kitchen window or something like that, around the middle of March is about right because they will not get huge in the time that you have between the middle of March and the middle of April when you can plant them. And if you allow them get, to get huge inside, unless you have a lot of light, they're going to be right. floppy. And you know what tomatoes look like when they get floppy. They just sort of look like snakes yeah. you know, going across the little nursery flat. So my advice is to start them around the middle of March for tomatoes. Squash, you can even wait a little later than that. Squash germinate really fast, and so you can wait a little last week of March for, for squash. Okay, so little greenhouse, push the seed down around yeah. the middle of March. You got it. That's exactly right. Thank you, Walter. Oh, and what, you know, since we're here, Jason, I'll tell you two more things. One of them is that light, 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 and light are the four things you need to have for success or get those seedlings to come up and not be floppy and not you know look sort of scraggly in the in the pot. And the fifth thing, there are five things: four, four, four light, 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 light. And number five is bottom heat. And if you don't know what that is, that basically means keep the soil temperature around those seedlings somewhere in the 65 degree range. And I know that your house seems like it's warmer than 65. Honestly, yep. around the windows where you have these flats, and a lot of times there'll be drafts coming down the window, and the soil temperatures will drop into the 60s, and that really retards the growth of the seedlings. So exactly. if there's some way you can get a little heat match, you can buy them online. If you're sort of handy, you can make one out of uh, heat tape that you use to defrost pipes. But if you can make some sort of little source of heat underneath the seeds and the seedling setup you have, boy, that'll make a big difference. Okay. Well, thanks again, Walter. All right, man. Good have, good talking to you, Jason. You too. Thank you. We got, uh, let's see here, Craig in Ty-Ty, Georgia, joining us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Craig, good morning. Yes, sir. Yes, What's sir. up? What's up, Craig? Bought, bought three apple trees last, I think it was two years ago, Walter, and I uh, went on your website, and then it kicked me toward, uh, and I, I wound up going toward UGA's extension service. Well, so I got to trim them. They yeah. say prune them a lot. And I'm scared to death. <laughs> I, I, I prune boxwoods and knockouts, but uh, uh, these things were quite expensive. And I got yeah. the different varieties because yeah. the guy down at, uh, well, I shouldn't say the place, but in here in Tifton, we got a place downtown yeah. that um, he, he makes my, you got to have pollination on, is what I was trying to think. I got it. But anyway, You're... pruning. It's, it's scary. It's scarier on apple trees than it is on a boxwood because you're not eating anything off a boxwood. You're not eating anything off a knockout rose, but your apple tree, you're thinking, boy, if I prune it wrong, I'm not going to have any apples this year. What am I going to do? But the main goal of pruning any fruiting, nutting tree is to maximize the number of leaves that are facing towards the sun. That's your goal because the more leaves, the more sugar, the more sugar, the more fruit, the better it tastes and the happier Craig is. So the way that you get maximum number of leaves on an apple is to try to train so that it has a central trunk, one main trunk like a normal you know, oak tree maybe looks like, with whorls of branches like a wagon wheel. They don't all have to come at the same place on the trunk, but within uh, four or five inches maybe of each other. And these whorls go up the tree separated about a foot to two feet maybe between each one. Just a whirl at the bottom of about three or four feet off the ground, another whirl above that. And if a whirl doesn't go in every direction, many times that's true. You'll have two or three branches that sort of head out in 
north, south, east, but not west. And so the whirl above that, you'll have a couple of branches, hopefully they go out to the west, and not so many going north, south, east. But you balance the look of the tree, so it generally is symmetrical with the number of leaves on it. Central trunk, uh, you don't cut the tip out, I don't think, until it's 15, 20 feet tall or too tall for your ladder. And you, uh, in the bottom line, you can get more complicated than that. But I think if you just have a straight trunk and some whirls of branches that are balanced on both sides of the tree, you'll get all the apples that tree is ready to give you. Well, that'll be good. Not Craig will be happy. Carla will be happy. Carla, yeah, we've got to keep her happy. Come on, Craig. That's the other goal in life. Get apples, make Carla happy. Everybody's happy. Uh, okay, well, I'll um, I'll work on them then. It said two years. Two years now because that's what yeah, the, the little deal right. said. The second year is when you start working on them. So that, that clarifies it because the diagram they gave me was a butcher. And it looked like people doing crepe myrtle. Yeah, diagrams. right. We don't want to do that. That's, <laughs> Thank that's you, man. Other Enjoyed the show. Been listening about 16 years, by the way. And I don't hey. remember... When um, when Nicole, Nicole started, <laughs> we'll we'll solidify our dates with Nicole and figure it out. Thanks for calling, Craig. Thank y'all. Bye. 404-872-0750 to talk to Lewis and up in Pennsylvania. Lewis, hey man, join us. Hey, morning, Walter. Morning, Lewis. What can I do for you? I going to ask you about turnip greens. Uh, my father-in-law we put some in last year and. Uh, they didn't do too well. Who's going to go down there to that J&J flea market out on 441 and sell yeah. them out? But we, did, we didn't get anything to come up last year. Hmm. It's, uh, yeah, what time did he... S- to put them in, and they just, didn't, they just didn't do any good. What time did they put them in, or did he put them in last year, Lewis? Uh, he put them in around, around, around May. Turnip greens. Oh, man, it's earlier than that. We need to start turnip greens somewhere in... Ooh, last week of March wouldn't hurt my feelings with the seed in, and they'll be sprouting by the first week or two in April, and then they'll be making greens like you can't eat enough of them by the third or fourth week maybe in April. So I think it was a little bit late to do it in May. Well, they will back it up a little bit. They say yeah. about the beginning of March, or about the middle of March. Yeah, you know, if it was my it was my experiment to see exactly where exactly are these being planted, Lewis. We, uh, we live up in Commerce, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, we had some little bit of red clay soil. Yeah. Uh, tilled that up, and generally I've noticed that if you till the ground up around that area, you, you end up getting nothing but brick in your yeah. Uh, yeah. your clay again until it's too wet. If you go to Commerce, Georgia, you're going to go buy some chicken houses, and that is where you need to go, Lewis, because the chicken manure, as my father knew, is the best fertilizer <laughs> in the world for turnip greens. We would have a line right. of turnip greens three feet wide and 100 feet long right there in front of the chicken house, and all those feathers and dust and who knows what flying out of the windows of the chicken house made our turnip greens second to none in Fayette County. Right. So get about a oh an inch to two inches even of chicken manure from some guy with a chicken farm. Dig it in real good about the top six inches of the ground. Lay your seeds in there around the first week of March. And if things don't sprout in 10 days, then lay another little light planting in around the second, third week maybe of March. You're going to have turnip greens. Well, we'll try that then. Uh, happy anniversary. Thank uh, you. I to see you on the road all the time. Thank you, Lewis. I do appreciate that. Thank you. All right, man. We'll see you soon. 
my daddy, we had turnip greens and little boys with scissors going up there to harvest those turnip greens. They're big bowls of turnip greens to bring home to my mother to eat for a drink or a drink to cook for lunch so we could eat the turnip greens and drink the pot liquor that was made from it. DJ in Atlanta, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, DJ, good morning. Good morning, sir. Uh, I often see Kelly Ripper, the uh, talk show host. Oh, sure. And she's advertising uh, toothpaste, I think. Mm. And she's sitting there, and she's watering a miniature plant. I don't know if that's a bonsai, but where do you purchase those bonsais? You know, one of the coolest places to purchase bonsai in Atlanta is outside of Atlanta. (laughs) It is in Conyers, Georgia. Because if you've not heard, there's a monastery in Conyers, and they have a a business selling or growing and trimming and then selling the bonsai that they make over there. They're not terribly expensive and they're gorgeous plants and it's a lovely place to go. And if you choose a warm day in the spring to go visit them, you will be changed when you come home. Yes. And these aren't just miniature evergreens. These are different varieties of trees that they sell, right? Sure. Sure. Evergreens, deciduous, you name it, they can have a bonsai made out of it. And I'm sure there are other places around. Foresters, when it was around Atlanta, uh, had bonsai there. Um, I don't think, I mean, Pike will have the basic things like a heart from uh, English ivy, maybe, or something small like that, but nothing real that takes a lot of time and care for it because it's not how Pike is set up, I don't think. Right. But you could buy a plant from Pike. That said, you could buy a plant from Pike and bonsai it yourself. That's not unusual, so just whatever you want to do, I guess, DJ. And the name of the monastery in the Conyers is? It's just called the, just Google the Monastery in Conyers. I can't remember the actual name of the sister, the monks that that, uh, populate it, but it is a really, really cool place to go. You will really like in in visiting there. Thanks very much, and that uh, fescue grass is uh, from December, it's getting to grow. All right, man, that's good news. Thank you. Thanks for calling, DJ. Thanks for calling with success. That's what we like around this joint. Success. That's why we're here. Success. My friend Wayne from Mississippi calls this morning. Hey, Hey, Wayne. How you doing? Hey, Wayne. Good morning. You taught me everything I know. Oh, bull. I was about to say that bad word again. <laughs> you dumped on here. <laughs> It'd be the second time this morning that I that we would have been dumped for the same word. I'm not going to say it, Wayne. <laughs> so you would have said it in your day as a county extension agent and uh, specialist, but not me. Don't track, don't trip me into that thing. Oh, well, well, congratulations on all your your hard work. Uh, you made Georgia a real a real light for gardening. Thank you, sir. Let me let me introduce you, Wayne, to our listeners right now. Wayne McLaren was an extension vegetable specialist for the University of Georgia when I worked there and taught me much of what I know about vegetables and proper cultural techniques and doing various things to make sure that you have success in the garden, in the vegetable garden particularly. Wrote a lot of publications for the University of Georgia that you can still find online. Wayne McLaren, you, my friend, are one of my heroes. Somebody taught me a lot. Well, I appreciate it. The herb bulletin is still going. Yeah. We had a we had a an herb cooking demonstration here in in our local area, and uh, had eighty seven people wow. show up. Wow! Wow! And so the the herb bulletin is still going, and I'm going to church twice a week to pray for growing some good tomatoes this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying everything else. <laughs> Prayer. Prayer. Yes. Fingers crossed. Wayne, it's great talking to you. I gotta get out of here, but say hey to the wife, we'll see you soon. Okay, 
All right, take care, Walter. All right, man. We'll see you, see you, see you. 648 on a Saturday morning. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And finish you off for dinner or lunch. Oh, yeah, they attacking the killer tomatoes. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's not going to be exactly pretty today, but it's probably going to be the warmest day of the weekend to make the most of it. Periods of sun, clouds all day, afternoon highs in the mid-50s. As we head into the overnight, 30% chance of rain, maybe snow flurries. Get out of Dodge with metro temperatures dropping to the mid-30s. Stay tuned. It's last most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Gary joins us with a question about his um, tomatoes. Hey, Gary, good morning. Good morning. How can I help? Congratulations on 22 years. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, I have um, tomatoes that they get these black spots on the bottom of them. Not so yeah. much with my uh, yellow ones, but yeah. definitely with the red ones. Okay. So, and I'm wondering if there's something I could do for next year. I guarantee there's something you can do, not for next year, but during next year when you plant your tomatoes. Uh-huh. I have There are all sorts of concoctions, and I'm guilty on saying a couple of them about adding calcium to the soil, because calcium or lack of calcium in the tomato is exactly what causes blossom end rot. But the concoctions uh-huh. that I have recommended about adding lime, adding eggshells, adding sheetrock, da-da-da-da-da, Turns out that they have much less effect on the occurrence of blossom end rot, which you have, than one other factor which you can control very readily, and that is moisture fluctuations. In other words, don't let the tomatoes dry out. Don't let them dry out okay. and then get soggy and then get dry and then get soggy. That is bad news because it, calcium is not all that soluble in the tomato plant's uh, sap. And if it gets dry and wet and dry and wet, then the calcium just doesn't get dissolved and it doesn't get taken out to the fruit where it needs to be. And you end up with this big brown, ugly, rottenly part on the end of your tomato. And then you call the guy on the radio because you haven't got any tomatoes. I'm telling you, right now, getting them in the ground and containers are a little bit harder because containers dry out pretty rapidly in a hot July afternoon. But if you put them in the ground and make sure you have mulch underneath the tomatoes, make sure the soil does not get soggy and then real dry between, you'll be fine. You won't have blossoming right hardly at all. All right. Thank you. All right. Good talking to you, Gary. Thanks for calling. Our number on Lawn and Garden is 404-872-0750. If you have any garden question at all, even if you're scared to call me because you think nobody else is going to ask this question, I'm sort of weird, call me anyway. Make up a name. You don't have to give your real name to Ashley. You make up a name. Call yourself Doug or Bo or Boo Boo. or I don't care what you call yourself. Just make up a name. Call me 404-872-0750. We'll be right back after news. Is a part 